What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. It's your host, Ayel. Tonight, I have a really short um, episode because I'm tired and it's after midnight. <laughs> but I wanted to share with you guys kind of a weird thing that I do that I don't really... I don't think I've ever talked about this before. But I was um, just here listening to <laughs> um, Mariah Carey's album, um, A Macassette Player. And I thought it might be a good... Which album is this? I think it's Butterfly. I'm almost sure it's Butterfly. So I'm here listening to an old um, Mariah Carey album on my cassette player, right? And having, you know, a little bit of time with my inner child, my younger self. And I thought that it might be helpful to share with you all how I heal my relationship with money while um, interacting with and doing things for my inner child, my younger self. Because I really feel like um, cultivating a strong relationships, uh, relationship and connection to our inner child is as important as establishing um, a relationship with our ancestors, uh, with our spirits, with deity, divinity, um, and even with our future self. I think that it's important to do work and to keep records of our spiritual thoughts and affirmations and prayers for future generations. So thinking of ourselves um, in in all times <laughs> as much as we can. I think that these are, these are all equally important, okay? So I had a really good childhood. For the most part, my mother and I have always gotten along. There was a moment there when I, you know, <clears throat> was coming into my womanhood and you know sometimes you get a little too big for your britches there were issues but we resolved them um <laughs> you know so I had a, a couple bumps there but for the most part I'm I'm extremely blessed and lucky um not always say you know I, I, I hit the jackpot in the mommy lottery you know so it's not that I've, you know, personally went through so many terrible things as a kid and that that part of me needs to be healed um, so much as I need to, you know, reach back and correct some of the thoughts and beliefs that may have been developed at that time. And one of the things that I just started doing automatically, especially living on my own and moving around um, the United States and living in different places and uh, having, forming different relationships and things. They're just different activities <laughs> that I have just naturally and automatically done. And one of them is to shop, um, specifically for my inner child. So if I'm looking at my childhood, um, I spent a lot of time in my bedroom reading magazines, listening to 
music. My stepdad had a very extensive um, CD collection when I was a teenager. So I spent a lot of time borrowing his music and listening to it. And then, you know, like most of us, destroying the family computer downloading (laughs) illegal music files through LimeWire. So that was like a huge part of my childhood. Also, we're talking like, you know, uh, becoming a young woman, probably between the ages of like 15 to to 18 heavily. Um, A lot of music, a lot of time alone. My first feelings of freedom is, you know, when I would wake up in the mornings, uh, summertime, Um, So between, you know, semesters or on summer break from high school and I would just walk like I would just go out, walk near the lake I have a really cool YouTube video about this. I'll link below. Um, I would go walk in nature. I would walk with the trees. I would stay out until the lightning bugs came out. And. I was always reading and writing. So these are things that I do for my inner child to keep that creativity alive and awake and sharp, to keep that feeling of of being carefree and, you know, being my own person. I'll go walk. But one of the biggest things that I do for myself is I listen to music on cassette and CD. And when I'm out thrifting, I will purchase CDs and cassette tapes for my inner child. And the reason that I do this is because, you know, borrowing my my stepdad's music collection sometimes was an issue. And he would, you know, make it known that it was an issue. Borrowing his headphones was an issue. And even wearing headphones, some of you know what that's like. Wearing headphones around the house was an issue. So these are kinds of like acts of freedom even now. And so specifically my relationship with money, there was, (laughs) my mom would say sometimes, you know, you think I'm made of money, which is not a very... (laughs) Helpful, because yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do think you're made of money. Yes, I do. Your thoughts, your words, your beauty, your your art, your work. Yes, I think that w- the reason that we're able to prosper is because of what is in us, who we are naturally. Yes, I think you're made of money. I'm talking to whoever the hell's listening to this. Yes, I think you're made of money. But growing up with someone saying that to me was like, oh, damn, you know. So sometimes I wouldn't be able to listen to my music sometimes. And I feel like all my Libras are going to be like, this is going to be painful for them. Like, oh, my God, no, can't listen to your music. That's like the worst thing, you know, probably the cancers, too. But As I've gotten older and I'm listening, you know, I'm on almost every streaming platform. Um, At one time I was on like Google, Apple, Spotify, um, and Tidal, like just on every (laughs) streaming platform. So I could listen to all the music. But one of the things I've kind of got back into is listening to music in the same modalities that I listened to them when I was younger. 
because for me, hearing the crackling sound, hearing, you know, kind of the buzz of the tape spinning, hearing the the whirl of the CD going round and round is it takes me back and it puts me in that that place where I'm in my upstairs bedroom. I had a corner bedroom. I would keep the windows open. I lived in Greensboro at this time, so it was constantly like storming. It would be beautiful breeze. And, you know, during the spring and summer nights, I would wake up to the sounds of the birds singing. It was just an extremely healing time like that space was my haven and listening to music in that way takes me back but it also is extremely helpful to me to be able to go and purchase the all the music that I want you know without discretion like just go and purchase all of the music I want and listen and this is coming from someone who you know when I was 24 had to pawn my little Apple um, MP3 shuffle player for $25 just so I could have food to eat that night. So please understand that it, it actually may have been even been something ex- like much lower than that. Um, but no more than like 25 bucks just so I could have food. So understand like there were times in my life where the only thing of value I had was an MP3 player. Or like my books, but nobody's gonna, nobody's buying my books, you know. Um, So this is coming from a person who has really experienced um, a limited side of financial um, uh, provision, you know, uh, financial. Um, ability and financial freedom in my life it was pretty limited at times and that that would be really painful for me like damn I can't listen to my music again so what I would encourage you to do because maybe for you it's something else maybe for you it's like you know you're you love to paint and you always wanted new paints and a caretaker or a parent or someone you know, who you would look to to purchase those paints when you were younger um, didn't, you know, didn't have it to give you. And if they said things to you like you don't know how you're ingrate or you always want something or you're just so needy or whatever they may have said to you, I want you to make it a point to go back and heal that part of your your consciousness and your beliefs around provision and finances and money and what's available to you by purchasing whatever the fuck your inner child wants. And if you, you know, you're lucky enough to like be this like lover of music and maybe have the same experience as me, you know, you can go and get these cassette tapes for pennies now. So it doesn't have to be like you, you know, spending thousands of dollars, it can be you spending a a couple hundred bucks and just splurging on your inner child and doing that with a full presence of mind that I am made of money. I can have what I want 
and I am retroactively providing what I desire for my younger self because she or he or they are always with me. And I want you to go back and, and, and fulfill that place that may have been left void uh, by caretakers who maybe didn't understand the importance of the way we use words. And you can heal um, your yourself in many different ways. So, uh, you know, another thing for me is like I'd never been to Disney World. And none of this is against my parents, particularly my mother. Like my mother is extre- extremely amazing. She is a goddess. Like I... I, you know, celebrate her to the right up until the point of, you know, worshiping this woman. Like, I think she's fucking incredible. Um, And, you know, she's been giving me opportunities to earn my own money since I was 12. You know, I have memories of her going into, you know, local restaurant and telling them to hire me. And they did. Um, So it's like my mother did a really amazing job of introducing me to um, what happens when I show up and put forth a little bit of effort. Like she did a great job. Didn't really catch on until I was, you know, 28, 29, right on, right on the brink of that Saturn return. <laughs> like I didn't really get it uh, until I was already in, in the thick of it. But she, she definitely set the foundation uh, for a, a pretty um, positive relationship with money overall. So what I'm doing for the most part is just going back and kind of, you know, filling in uh, a few gaps and a few holes. And I, I hope I'm explaining it um, well, but I think that it's a really powerful way to reclaim some of those those um, interests, some of those um, proclivities or like things that you're really good at or some of your creativity perhaps. Um, like for, for another example, like if you were like an avid diary keeper, like your avid writer as a kid, I, I'm not sure if avid, I feel like avid, avid uh, works there. Um, if you like kept a, a diary religiously, right? Like you were always writing and someone violated your privacy by reading your diary. And so you stopped keeping it. I know uh, at least three or four people who have shared with me that they had that experience. Um, what I would, what I would, you know, um, encourage you to do is to, as a grown person, you know, be returned to that and see if there's any way, like anything there that needs to be cleaned up or healed or recovered or restored and push through, keep the journal and keep it in a a, a safe and private place. The way that I, (laughs) the way that I uh, will kind of put my mark on a book that I do not desire anyone to read is I'll put my moon blood on it, like straight from the vagina, straight on the book. Like splat, take that. Like, <laughs> like touch my book if you want pussy blood on your hands, you know, <laughs> like, like don't touch my shit, bitch, you know, and I'll put a nice little, 
note right there in the beginning. Like if you're handling or reading this book without express permission, that's a curse. So I think that there are different ways. So like you, you might be able to heal a part there um, in your own mind where um, you reclaim feelings of privacy or feelings of ownership ownership and rights to your own thoughts and where you begin again to provide full space to give yourself um, the, the freedom, the time, the opportunity to speak your real thoughts or to get your real thoughts out of your head um, into a safe external space like on, on, on the, the page. Um, so I hope that's clear. Hope it's helpful. I hope that you, um, if you need it, uh, that you will, you know, work on that relationship with your inner child, your inner youth. I feel like I'm going to start saying that instead, your inner youth, because I'm, I'm talking, you know, from birth up until you became an adult, really. So your inner youth um, and or heal and resolve any erroneous beliefs you may still be carrying with yourself. Um, and I do just want to say as a note, you know, for anyone who may listen to this, like I'm really into sharing anything, but usually the best of, of what I have and what I've used that has actually worked for me with other people. And I've been, I've been getting judged about this for as long as I've gone public with my business um, on social media. Like, somebody always has a fucking problem with me sharing anything. It's almost like bitches don't like me to have a voice or to to be spirit-led or to share from my heart. But And I'm, I'm understanding that some of that is just plain jealousy, whether people acknowledge that within themselves or not. And I do want you to know, like... The reason that I share, not that I feel like I need to fucking explain because fuck bitches, but also, sorry if your kids are listening, bro. Like, you know I'm a potty mouth. I don't know what y'all going to learn. You know, don't don't have the kitties listening to me when I'm potting. Um, but for me, the things that I share as far as ideas, affirmations, prayers, lessons, courses, classes, um, access to, you know, my elders and the, the people I fuck with, um, products, business opportunities, um, any recording, any part of my life. The reason that I share is because I want to. And for me, that's enough. But I also feel that you all are worthy. I believe that the people who find me online that if anyone can take anything that I share and learn something become inspired or motivated by it or be have their their memories triggered that happens a lot where I'll show a, a certain work and they'll be like oh shit I I grew up you know seeing this like you know, my aunt used to wash the doors or I had someone say, you know, I, I remember seeing those lamps all over the house as a kid. Like sometimes it just takes a little word or a 
15 second video or picture of something to remind you of something that you may have have lost hold of or forgotten and to me that's more important than whether or not these fucking assholes on social media like it or not like sometimes we just have to put our ego aside because I mean there are a lot of people who they're not going to tell you anything they're not going to teach you anything show you anything and that's their right like that's their privacy but for me I feel absolutely no terror I'd feel completely unbothered (laughs) with showing you um what I can and I think that the mutual benefit there is that we all get to grow and that we as a community get to progress faster many of us are 20 30 40 50 I have some customers who are 50 years into their lives and they're just reclaiming these lost parts of themselves, lost memories. They're just getting back to their natural abilities, their natural magics. (laughs) We literally don't have no fucking time to be sitting here trying to decide whether or not it's okay for me to share a community altar. When I walk into a witch shop, like I went up to a witch shop when I was up in uh, Colorado a few months ago, and there's an altar there for Santissima where you can leave coins and cash and cigarettes and playing cards or any, any little offering you want to. When you see my shit online and you don't like it, walk away, one. And two understand that some altars and this is across all religions will be for community and some will be exclusive to the worker the priest the initiated the adept whatever whoever is you know um in the inner sanctum like on the inside of the practice so some things will be kept um strictly private but some things will be shared with the public and that's as it should be. This is an ancient fucking practice. Like, I didn't make it up. Um, and if anyone's confused about anything, my phone number is 305-490-3330. Please ask me questions and don't make fucking assumptions. Thank you so much. Peace and blessings. We'll talk soon.